Welcome to the Weekly Review. This is Roman. Thought I'd start off with a positive song. Not sure why, considering we're descending into more of a fascistic territory here. However, that song was in my head, and why not be optimistic or positive in some regard? And perhaps there is a reason to be. We'll find out. (sighs) Thanks, everyone, for listening. This is the Weekly Review. We are broadcasting live at Mutiny Radio here in the Mission District in lovely San Francisco. I want to say a big thank you to all the listeners out there and everyone here at Mutiny Radio for making this a reality. Very grateful to be here to provide some news. So I'll provide a trigger warning that we'll be talking about current events. And things are extremely traumatic and terrifying for many people. So we'll be talking a little bit about some things that are happening and also ways that folks can be proactive and participate and fight back against what some of the administration is doing to harm people. And I'll probably rant at some point. It's I'm always unclear of when that will happen. Sometimes it's early on. Sometimes it's a little bit later in the episode. I pretty much guarantee there is at one point in the episode I will lose it. I might start yelling and have to step away from the microphone. I'll do my best to not hurt anyone's ears. Although I think it's important to recognize how frustrating and angry and depressing the world is that we're living in, and especially in this country. I don't, personally don't believe in borders. However, since I was born, and since many of us were born, we were told that these lines mean something here and in other parts of the world. And for some reason, 
people seem to believe it to be true when in fact it actually causes more harm than good. So planting some seeds, sprinkling some ideas that perhaps one day, maybe not in our lifetime, maybe in the next generation's lifetime, if the earth is still here, we don't know about that. Well, I think the earth will be here. Humans might not be. However, which is, you know, things, things happen. Perhaps we'll live in a world where there's no borders, where people share the world and the earth and the resources. Maybe it seems far-fetched considering we're kind of in the opposite situation right now, where especially in this city here where the wealth disparity is ridiculously large. There are folks who are billionaires and folks who live in tents on the streets. And I've been thinking a lot about how this idea that San Francisco has this its idea of this, you know, it's liberal reputation, liberal, well, that word in itself we can deconstruct. However, it's thought of as like a blue city or this... Uh, liberal oasis, which it's not necessarily. However, this very, you can use whatever word you want. I hopefully I am conveying the, the description that I think a lot of folks have this association that they have with San Francisco that, oh, it's this blue city in this blue state in this quote unquote blue country, even though it's not blue, you know, it's, it's, it's a, yet here in this, this place that a lot of folks think of as super liberal or progressive, there are dozens of laws on the books that criminalize homelessness and poverty, which seems to be the exact opposite of what quote unquote progressive should be. So it's really difficult to live in a place that has this reputation and perhaps compared to some other parts in the country, it is progressive. However, it's, it's not for a lot of folks and also recognizing that we're on stolen land here. So it's, I've been having conversations lately with some folks who didn't grow up in the U.S., and I feel like there is this, when one is grows up here, there is this kind of brainwashing, even in the in many of the, the schools, that this idea of not really seeing what else is out there in the world and having this very tunnel, much as tunnel vision idea of what what's important, and a lot of that happens to be the United States and a lot of the, the whitewashing and the who, whoever gets to tell the stories and the, the bias in that, and we end up believing it, myself included, put the media in there, uh, put some extremely right-wing dangerous politicians in there with policies that harm people, put in a lot of fear-mongering, and put in some land grabs, environmental destruction, some incredibly abusive law enforcement, and now it's people grow up being afraid of one another and wanting to punish each other, got mass incarceration. So... The idea that things are just or, or equal is not something that I think a lot of folks believe in. And the sooner that the majority of the population can recognize that and realize that and accept that, and also the history of this country and the present of this country, we can maybe work to a more equitable future. It seems like a, an uphill struggle, a Sisyphean task, if you will. There's a lot of repression and a lot of exhaustion from folks who are doing the work to even just survive is a lot of work. However, putting out the positive energy, because if there's no hope and optimism out there, then I don't know what the point is. So I'll put it out there with hopes that, and also just trying to give credit for folks who are really doing so much to make this a better world for the people and for everybody. There are a lot of folks out there, and that's one thing that I've learned by doing this program is speaking with people and learning a lot about all the different organizations, the different people-powered movements, and so much of its grassroots and outside the system, and folks doing what they can in their communities to make it more equitable 
and to give people a voice. And so just wanting to offer gratitude for the folks out there and also for all the artists. Where would we be without the musicians and the actors and the writers, the painters and dancers and so many folks who create this world that we want to live in, this ideal world that we want to live in or a different world we want to live in. And I think art's really important. So that will lead me to one piece of the show coming up a little bit later. We will be doing a big promo for an upcoming show called The Red Shade that will be at El Rio tomorrow. And we will be speaking with folks involved with the show. And I saw the preview months ago. It was amazing and incredible. And especially as a, as a trans person, visibility is so important important and crucial and the storytelling aspect of it as well to have a a story that talks about the not only is it i think some of the origins in in truth and thinking about the folks who have survived and have come out of it and are still here as as trans folks oftentimes we don't see ourselves represented fairly or adequately we don't have a chance to tell our own story so when we do it's really incredible so i'm very grateful for this production and looking forward to talking more about that. So there are some positive things. We're not all for, all full of negative things here. And I do want to offer chances for folks to 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 act and, and speak out. I know myself, I feel overwhelmed a lot of the time when I either read what's happening to either folks I know personally or communities at large. It feels like it's an overwhelming task. What can be done to prevent these these things from happening? these attacks from happening. And so hopefully we'll be able to provide some positive things, some steps that people can take, or I should check my language, uh, actions people can take to to push back. And so on the show last week, we we're talking a lot about some of the new bills that passed and now this, it's under the guise of you know stopping sex trafficking. However, it's really actually attacking sex workers and many, many folks, especially like a lot of queer and trans folks. And so the Craigslist personal sections in the United States have been taken down, which is terrible for many, many reasons. Some folks find work that way. Some folks find hookups that way. Some folks find relationships that way. And the more it's limited in terms of, and it's also a way for folks can exchange information. So if you perhaps have hooked up with someone or you meet someone who's dangerous, you can also let folks know. And by totally deleting this section of Craigslist, you're deleting that sharing of information and it happened years ago this is like another step that's even further is that they deleted the erotic services section of craigslist for something similar and now there's more of that so the thing is the idea that sex work will be will will always be around and this idea that somehow it's going to first of all they're just conflating sex trafficking with sex work and they're not the same thing that's problem number one and then problem number two is that they're also coming after sex workers and providing less places for folks to share information and find work, which is really fucked up. And it's kind of making it more go underground, which is going to be harmful for everybody. I personally want to live in a world where everyone is sexually satisfied and has a lot of great consensual sex if they want to. I think that would be a great world to live in and would cause a lot fewer wars and a lot fewer problems. However, if you make it difficult for folks to find partners, and that's only going to result in bad things. That's my opinion. So so right now in California, they're trying to pass a bill that is really fucking gross. So this is a friend shared this and it says, um, I've also shared this on the weekly review webpage, which you can find at Facebook. I know we're all still on Facebook. I don't know why, but I feel like they already know everything. Here we go. So you can find this uh, all written on the 
Facebook webpage, which is facebook.com forward slash weekly rev. Right now, California is trying to pass a bill that changes the definition of pandering to make it a felony to provide any help or outreach. I could just end the sentence right there, which so you know it's fucked up because obviously we want to help and provide outreach uh, to sex workers, such as condoms, know your rights pamphlets, any kind of mentoring, advice, or harm reduction. They're trying to fucking outlaw harm reduction. <sighs> Excuse me, I'll continue. There we go. There is that guttural sigh. All right, so that includes distributing condoms. They're going to try to make distributing condoms illegal or make it an offense. Fucking idiots. Excuse me, let me finish the sentence before I start swearing too much. Um, so that, that includes distributing condoms to street-based workers, uh, know your rights pamphlets, any kind of mentoring. Okay, I've already read the part. All right, this bill and uh, FOSTA-SESTA will literally mean life and death for a lot of people who are just trying to survive. It's super, super important to please call Nancy Skinner, who is chair of the California State Committee, to let her know you oppose SB 1204. I called last night. You can leave a message. The local office is at 510-286-1333. Again, the local office number is 510-286-1333. And the office up in Sacramento is 916-651-4009. Again, it's 916-651-4009. So call Nancy Skinner, who's the chair of the California State Committee, and let her know you oppose SB 1204. This is posted on the Facebook webpage, so you can share this information with your networks. Please do call and tell them it's fucking stupid. I don't know if I use those words exactly. However, I... It's important that folks um, make their make their voices known and make their voices heard because this is really disturbing. That's really really disturbing. I can't even. Ugh. Okay. So, but the positive thing is that folks are taking action, and that's what one thing that folks can do. I'll read another brief snippet. This is more of just a, a fact of something that's happening in Oklahoma. We've heard in in West Virginia as well. Their teachers run on strike. And so in Oklahoma, teachers are also going on strike. And right now, the Oklahoma Teamsters have um, supported the teachers because right now they are refusing to cross teacher picket lines to work on renovations on the Capitol. And the reports say that everything is shutting down in Oklahoma. So sending lots of solidarity to the folks out there who are doing that. And I think that's something the positive, the people coming together and supporting one another, because there's more of us than there are of them. We just need to remember that and come together. Okay. So thought that would be a good way to start up. And then also going to offer, um, this is a writing for justice fellowship, some information a friend just sent me. Um, so if you go to pen.org forward slash writing dash justice, uh, this is Penn America writing for justice fellowship, uh, Penn America's $10,000 Writing for Justice Fellowship will commission six writers emerging or established to write written works of lasting merit that illustrate critical issues related to mass incarceration and catalyze public debate. Here on the show, I consider myself to be a prison abolitionist, and perhaps you do as well. So here are some ways for folks uh, we can put our our words out there. Uh, The Pan America Writing for Justice Fellowship aims to harness the power of writers and writing in bearing witness to the societal consequences of mass incarceration by capturing and sharing the stories of incarcerated individuals, their families, communities, and the wider impact of the criminal justice system. 
Our goal is to ignite a broad, sustained conversation about the dangers of over-incarceration and the imperative to mobilize behind rational and humane policies. As an organization of writers dedicated to promoting free expression and informed discourse, PEN America is honored to have been entrusted by the Art for Justice Fund to engage the literary community in addressing this pressing societal issue. And they have a link to the PDF of the full application. Uh, the, the online application opens April 15th, and the deadline is July 1st, 2018. And they also have a list of the guidelines, which you can check out. Again, go to pen.org forward slash writing dash justice. So yeah, hopefully there's a lot of folks who are listening who are interested and or know folks who might be. So please do spread the word about this opportunity. Cool. All right. It's 1219. I'm already feeling like it's time for another music break while I get myself sorted here. And perhaps there will be more to rant about. Um, you're listening to mutinyradio.fm. Also, I want to say much thanks to uh, folks who have been downloading the show and also the folks who have been donating to the Patreon account. If you like what you're hearing and want to support, by all means, please do. You can check out patreon.com forward slash weekly rev. Much gratitude to the folks who are able to contribute. And if you can, a dollar a month would be super helpful, a dollar a month and up. And yeah, please do also do spread the word. And also, there's a lot of great shows here on Mutiny Radio, uh, seven days a week. Um, around the clock. And if you're interested in having a show here, you can check out mutinyradio.fm. There's a few open slots and you it's a really incredible experience. You get two hours a week to provide any kind of show you want. It's uncensored. You can do music, talk, comedy, any kind of information. It's really, it's all in your hands and it's completely uncensored. So if you're interested in that, please do check out mutinyradio.fm. So coming up, we're going to play a little bit of music and then... We'll be back in a bit. It will. 
longer be the target practice.
and welcome back to the Weekly Review. I am joined here on the phone by Adrian Price, and we'll be talking about the upcoming show, The Red Shades. Adrian, thank you for calling in. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, I'm really excited about this show. I uh, saw it um, in previews a few months ago, and it was really incredible. So, so grateful that you and all the folks involved are able to do this again. Yeah, we're really excited. Yeah, um, so we can talk about the the creation of the show and or anything you, you'd like to share about it. Sure. So for those who don't know, um, so the show is called Red Shades, and it is a trans superhero rock opera. And um, what that means is it's basically like a musical, but there's no dialogue. It's all sung. And the music is a mix of a lot of fun, different rock and pop um, genres. And the songs come together to tell a story. And the story is about our protagonist, Ida, who in the mid-60s is stuck in a small town. And through a series of adventures, uh, comes to escape the small town, move to the Tenderloin in San Francisco and meet up with a gang of trans superheroes and discover that, that she herself has trans superhero superpowers. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, and they end up using their powers to defend the community against police and, um, other sources of oppression. So it's a really super fun show, very dynamic, um, and hopefully something that really moves people and and inspires them. Yeah, definitely. I definitely felt that, and I could feel like the crowd felt that last time as well. It was really just an incredible space to be in. Yeah, sorry, it's a little bit hard to hear you right now. Oh. Could you say that one more time? Sorry, yeah, it was um, it was a really incredible space to be in, to, to see the show and to experience it and to be in a, in a crowd like that. It felt very, um, very intimate. Yeah. So last time we had the show in the back room of El Rio, um, which is a, a queer club in the Mission, and we had a, way more people than we expected. We yeah. were trying to get like fifty, and we ended up with like two hundred people jammed in the back room, definitely breaking some fire codes. <laughs> but. Um, <laughs> But as as you said, Roman, like there was definitely some amazing energy in the air, and um, just people were incredibly enthusiastic. I've never um, in my life played in front of a crowd like that, so it was really inspiring to me. And then this time we're going to be doing the show in the back patio. Oh, great! Which which means we've got the whole back of the of the venue. Um, which is a pretty big space, and so people won't be packed like sardines like last time. There'll be a little bit more breathing room and even a little bit of sitting room for some people who get there early. Um, so, so yeah, I'm looking forward to that. Oh, wonderful. Um, I was hoping you could maybe talk a little bit about the, the creation of the piece and what the, the process was like for you in terms of collaborating with folks. Right. So... Um, When I started writing it, I had no idea I was writing it. I was just recording a bunch of voice memos on my phone with little ideas for songs, and it wasn't wasn't until I had a Q 
accumulated a bunch of those that I started realizing that they had something to do with each other and that they wanted to tell a story. And from there, I started crafting the narrative. Um, but I could only do so much on my own. And so I brought the music to my good friend Janine Atkinson, who's a very talented um, composer. And she helped me come up with the chord progressions. Um, I came up with the lyrics and the melodies and the style of the song. And she would help me come up with the chord progressions and accompaniments, which were really crucial. And then we would bring it to a rock band. So I recruited a bunch of people to perform with me. And that was a whole process in and of itself. But ended up through some luck um, getting really talented people and... Um, connecting with Leigh Ann Mitchell, who ended up playing the lead, and she's just so incredible, phenomenal, just a really magnetic person and uh, performer with just a ton of energy and, and can really rock that crowd like nobody else that I've seen. Yeah. So I feel really lucky that I ended up meeting all those great people, and um, I know that the process is just really still in the beginning stages. Um, and we are we have a lot of ambitions and a lot of plans um, going forward, and there will only deepen the collaboration and bring in more people. And um, so this is what you're going to be seeing is kind of the seed of what will become a much larger project. That's oh, that's um, that's I'm so glad to hear that because it, it was just yeah. so powerful. And I can't say that enough. And especially from like with a trans lens too, how important it is for so many of us who grew up without having that visibility and without hearing trans folks be able to tell our own stories, how meaningful it is just to, to see that and to see it in action too. And to be able to experience it in person is, is just so yeah. fantastic. Yeah. Well, I'm glad to hear that, that that came through. Um, it's you know there's a there's a huge difference between uh somebody who is this gender and uh, trying to tell a story about trans people versus someone or versus a group of people who are trans who bring their own experience who bring their own perspectives and can actually speak to the things that are happening in the story and that was has been very important to me from the beginning, um, and I do think this is going to be a historic project. I mean, there's never, I can't think of a show um, that has reached a mainstream audience that has, like a musical I'm talking about, that has been by trans people for trans people. So, I yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm hoping that we're going to be that show. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I have I have no doubt in my mind, and I even remember just feeling like, oh, I could see this on Broadway or something of that like caliber. Just the energy that was created in the story, it was so I I can't even. It was so inspirational, and I it's like I'm just so grateful for everyone who's involved to to make it a reality because I think there's oftentimes that oh we see each other either at like protests or rallies or memorials and to be able to be in a space where I was able to see folks I knew in a kind of celebratory um, place or for a celebratory reason was so powerful. I'll tell you one of the 
the best. Um, we've got feedback forms at the end of the show that people could fill out, and somebody wrote, my faith in the community was shook. This show has renewed me. And to, to, to read that, um, to hear that kind of impact, I mean, that's, that's more than I can dream of. Or, or somebody came up to me at a party and said, you know, that show was like medicine for me. And this is from a basically a reading of an unfinished musical. <laughs> like, how often does that happen? Um, but I think as you're as you're referring to, there's something there's something so necessary about finding reasons um, as trans community to just come together and be joyful and celebratory together, and not always to you know to only come together when it's the tragedies. Um, so I'm um, I'm glad to be for our show to to serve that purpose um, in the local Bay Area trans community. I think that's it's really an honor to be able to to play that role or to be one of the one of the um, events that plays that role. Yeah, definitely. So do you have any ideas of what you'd like to do moving forward with it with the piece? Um. Well, I we're going to be announcing uh, tomorrow night that we are in a partnership with Z Space Theater. Oh, cool! Um, in the mission, and they're going to help us develop the show. Um, the development is like we've got a script, we've got songs, we've got some great actors, and now we figure out well, what is the show? How does it look? You know, what does it look like in a theater? Uh, which will be obviously different than doing it in a bar mm-hmm. um, so so many decisions have to be made so much money needs to be raised um, it's really a big undertaking but we're hoping that Z-Space can help provide us with some resources we've applied to some very big grants um, and you know once we get all the money together and all the things behind the scenes then we'll be ready to go and um, to start taking this to the next level and I don't know exactly where it will pre- be produced, if we will produce it at or somewhere else, um, where it will ultimately have its theatrical premiere, but it will be somewhere in San Francisco, somewhere in the Bay Area at least. And um, yeah, we want to put in as much love and energy and insight as we can um, at this stage and going forward before we release it for... Um, for a larger audience and um but these shows are really unique little capsules of the the show that you'll never get to see again i mean we've made changes between the first case this one um so that people who are at the first showcase saw a version of the show they'll never you'll never see again it's completely unique and live and um so that's i think something that's exciting about doing little showcases like these throughout the Bay um, as we're continuing to develop the show in a theatrical way. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And the folks, even more reason for folks who are present to have an, have an impact and to have a, have a way that their, their presence can, uh, yeah, have an impact on the show itself and in terms of its creation and its uh, evolution. Yeah, it absolutely does. Um, I mean, I talked to <laughs> I talked to a theater producer locally who 
managed to see the first showcase and um, they said, look, in nonprofit theater world, um, everybody talks about community engagement and 95% of the time that's bullshit. And what you did was the real deal, like having a show in the back of a queer bar, giving people the opportunity to give feedback and to really interact with the performers and making it accessible spatially and financially. It's $10 and no one turned away for a lack of funds. Um, I mean, that's, you know, it's an act of love for our community because that's that's really what it's all about. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I, I really appreciate that. And the fact that as many people as possible would be able to go see it. There's a, the saying that I hope I don't misquote it, but like it's the, the general idea is that unless it's, you know, free or accessible to all, then your, your art isn't revolutionary. Um, so I'm sorry, the, the the connection isn't great. Would you mind repeating that last part again? Oh, sorry. It's a, the quote, it's something along paraphrasing, but the idea is that unless your art is free or accessible and or accessible for all, it's not revolutionary. Right. So the, the idea that as many folks can see it as possible is really making that right. true. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's like, well, what are we making this for? Are we making it for, you know, just to to make money <laughs> or are we making this because we really love the project and we want our friends and our communities and and the people that we care about to see it and I think it's very clear to me that everyone in the show believes it's the, the latter is the goal and um, you know if you know certainly we want to like broaden the tent and, you know, invite allies in as well um, and invite, you know, different sorts of audiences. But at the at the end of the day, the core audience for this show are um, trans folks who, who live the lives that are being portrayed on the stage. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's wonderful. Ah. Well, yeah, it's really it's really great to to hear from you, and hopefully in the future we can also, um, perhaps for folks who are other participants in the show as well, to have them here in the studio to hear some of the music, uh, to share that with the listeners out there. I think would be wonderful. Um, to to share music with the listeners. Oh Sorry, yeah. Could you say anything? Oh sure, yes. To have some some of the folks who are in the show to be able to share some of the songs uh, with the listeners of the show would be great. Yeah, and we'll also have some great recordings from the show that we can um, that we can share as oh, well. Excellent! Oh, that sounds really wonderful. Yeah. Oh, so, yeah. can I just um, do another quick plug? Oh, the please! Show. The, sh- the show is this Saturday. In other words, tomorrow. <laughs> if you're listening to this right now, um, and it is at El Rio in, on Mission Street. Um, it will be doors at 3.30. We'll start at 4.30. It's going to be a big crowd, so you want to get there, I would say, at 3.30, so you can um, get through the line and maybe get get something to to drink or to, you know, settle in and 
and um, get ready for the show. And then, um, yeah, the show will be at 4.30. We're also, I forgot to mention, we're doing a fundraiser for the TGI Justice Project. Oh, great. Um, so we're going to be doing a raffle. And we're going to be, we got a pretty good raffle going. We're, we're raffling off um, sex toys from Good Vibrations. Ooh. We're uh, raffling off chocolate from Dandelion Chocolate. Mm. We're raffling off um, movie tokens from the New Parkway. Ooh. Some queer porn DVDs from Ooh. Pink and White. It's going to be... Uh, some good stuff, but more than anything, supporting the TGI Justice Project, which, as we're saying, they're like the real local trans superheroes. So, you know, we want to make sure that they're getting something, um, getting some funds out of this as well. And uh, we'll do that after the show. And then after the raffle, we'll just be dancing for the next couple hours until 8 o'clock. Uh, and we're going to have DJ La Frida there. And, um, and that's going to be super fun. So I hope that you can come out and, uh, and join us. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm just so grateful for everyone involved in this project and for TGI JP and, um, just it's, yeah, I, I'm kind of running out of words just to have a lot of, a <laughs> lot of gratitude. That's what keeps on coming up and it's so inspiring, especially it's, yeah, with everything that's happening, just to recognize right. that people have the power to create these, to to create the world that we want to live in, and to create these projects and to work together. Absolutely, yeah, that's what it's all about. Cool. Well, thank you. Well, so- oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Thanks for calling in, and please give my love and gratitude to all the folks involved in the performance. Will do. Yeah, and we'll talk with you soon. Okay. Take, Take care. care. Bye. 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 All right. Big thank you to Adrian Price and for all the folks involved in the Red Shades. And then again, that will be tomorrow, Saturday, from uh, doors open at 3.30 and the show's at 4.30. And that will be at El Rio. And right now I will share the link once again on the Weekly Review webpage. And you can find that at facebook.com forward slash weekly rev. And you can find more ticketing information there. And again, it's $10 suggested. Uh, No one turned away for lack of funds. It's a really incredible show. And I encourage everyone to please do check it out. And so looking forward to seeing the evolution of this incredible piece. And yeah, just really, really, really grateful that it exists. So we are going to take a bit of a a music break here. And we'll be back with some more news stories uh, after the break.
Try bait with lesbophobia, and before that, we heard a cover of the Fleetwood Mac song Rhiannon, and that was by the Langley Schools Music Pro- Music Project, which was like these kids in the '70s. They found these recordings of kids singing pop songs of the day, and then they released them. So there we go. Coming up next, some stories, news stories. Everyone, buckle in or not, whatever you want to do. This is from Common Dreams, and this is at least people. Taking action. So the title of the article, it came out on April 4th and was written by Julia Conley, citing Don't Be Evil motto, 3,000 plus Google employees demand company and work on Pentagon drone project. By entering into this contract, Google will join the ranks of companies like Palantir, Raytheon, and General Dynamics. More than 3,000 Google employees have signed a letter that's circulating in the company demanding that the tech giant end its involvement in Project Maven, a Pentagon program that could be used to develop drone technology. The project, workers argue, runs counter to the company's stated mission and motto. By entering into this contract, Google will join the ranks of companies like Palantir, Raytheon, and General Dynamics, wrote the employees, who include senior engineers. The, The argument that other firms like Microsoft and Amazon are also participating doesn't make this any less risky for Google. Google's unique history, its motto, don't be evil, which we all can, anyway, I'm not going to comment on it just yet, and its direct reach into the lives of billions of users set it apart. 
The letter, which I have a PDF link to, comes weeks after reports surfaced that Google was implementing Project Maven, an artificial intelligence surveillance tool, to interpret video imagery, likely in order to improve the targeting of drone strikes. Some Google employees condemned the company's involvement in a recent company-wide meeting before circulating the letter, according to the New York Times. We believe that Google should not be in the business of war, wrote the employees. Therefore, we ask that Project Maven be canceled and that Google draft, publicize, and enforce a clear policy stating that neither Google nor its contractors will ever build warfare technology. Google has said that technology is de- it's developing is quote-unquote non-offensive. Okay, you can't see me make an eye roll right now. Um, While former chief executive Eric Schmidt, who still sits on the board of Google parent company, as well as the Pentagon advisory board, claimed in November that the military would use artificial intelligence like Project Maven, quote unquote, to keep the country safe. I don't know how killing civilians is going to help anybody or keep anyone safe, but sure, dude. Sure, Eric. That's me doing my sure Jan. Sure, Jan. Sure, Eric. The Google employees issued a clear rejection of Schmidt's suggestion, writing, This contract puts Google's reputation at risk and stands in direct opposition to our core values, building this technology to assist the U.S. government in military surveillance and potentially lethal outcomes is not acceptable. So, (sighs) glad for all the employees for, for taking, for speaking up and holding them accountable, and hopefully they'll listen. We'll see. And again, this article comes from Common Dreams, and the articles on this website are all licensed under Creative Commons Attribution Share Alike license. Okay, moving onwards to another story. Um, this is actually from back from 2016, but I feel like it's been making rounds again, and it's still very, very present and very current. Now, there's a joke that this show pretty much consists of me saying fuck the police for about two hours. And maybe that's a little bit, that's not exactly what it is. However, I'm sure if you were to make a accumulation, like a, if someone were to go through the archives since late 2013 and make all the clips of all the stories I've read about uh, police terror and police violence, you would definitely come up with at least two hours. That would be That would be a lot. So we definitely talk a lot about the abuse by law enforcement and how they're not held accountable and the roots of law enforcement in this country and how they serve to oppress people instead of quote unquote, protect people like there's like, like there's, they, they say they do. So here, so folks, oftentimes when people say, Oh, well let's abolish police. People say, well, what do we do? And here's some things we can do. So this article is what to do instead of calling the police. And it came out on July 8th, 2016 and it's written by Aaron Rose, and you can check this out at AaronXRose.com. So it's really helpful to have alternatives to find, if we're brought up in this country that says, oh, if something's going wrong with like a neighbor or some situation, a lot of people's instincts would be to call the police. However, there are alternatives, and the sooner we can make these alternatives a regular thing, the sooner we won't have to, and we already don't have to, rely on police or make that uh, a go-to for many folks. So what to do instead of calling the police, a guide, a syllabus, a conversation, a process. And the forward and creation is by Aaron Rose. And it's a living document. And it last was updated April 5th, 2018, which is probably why it's making rounds again. Uh, We've all been there. Your neighbor is setting off fireworks at 3 a.m. Or there's a couple fighting outside your window and it's getting physical. 
or you see someone hit their child in public, what do you do? Your first instinct might be call 911, and that's what we're trained to do in the United States when we see something dangerous or threatening happening. At this point, most of us understand that in the U.S., the police uphold a, uh, uphold a system of racialized violence and white supremacy in which black people are at least three times more likely to be killed by the police. For years now, we've heard the nearly daily news of another unarmed person of color being shot by the police. When the police get involved, black people, Latinx people, Native Americans, people of color, LGBTQ people, sex workers, women, undocumented immigrants, and people living with disabilities and mental health diagnoses are usually in more danger, even if they are the victims of the crime being reported. Police frequently violently escalate peaceful interactions, often without repercussions. In 2017, the police killed over 1,100 people in the U.S., so what do you do when you see harm being done, when you worry for your safety, when you feel your rights are being violated? What do you do instead of calling the police? How do you keep yourself safe without seeking protection from a system whose default is still surveillance and erasure of others? We start by shifting our perspective. We start by learning about the racist history of the police. We start by saying an alternative to this system should exist. We start by pausing before we dial 911. We start by making different choices where we can. We start by getting to know our neighbors and asking them to be a part of this process. The following is an in-process list of resources on alternatives to policing, which range from the theoretical to practical. It starts with a series of best practices and guiding questions uh, that the author has developed in the last two years of nurturing this document in conversation with many people. And so there's a, a frequently asked questions he, um, on this page, and they ask, you know, who is this document for? And it's pretty much, they say, for anyone who wants to build a world where we have safe, strong communities, where we know and trust our neighbors, where our response to emergencies of all kinds leads to peace and connection rather than escalated violence and disconnection. And the document was originally written to expand white people's understanding of police violence and to equip them with the tools to be better community members and the best practices of gu and guiding questions reflect that. And they say, um, the, however, the, re the resources and tools are here for people of all races and backgrounds. And let's move along, okay. So they have a few different lists here. I'll, um, I'll just go over this briefly. The number one, um, where to start. So some guidelines, especially for white allies, is get to know your neighbors. And many situations in which you might feel compelled to call the police can be resolved by knowing your neighbors. So you can knock on people's doors or leave a note with your number, open up a conversation, agree to reach out to each other. If you have an issue before calling 911, this is particularly helpful for things like loud music, smoke, and mental health issues. Ideally, if you're connected to many people in your building or on your block or in your neighborhood, uh, this is particularly important for white people who are moving into historically black or Latinx neighborhoods. Your new neighbors likely already have a deep history with one another. They know who is having relationship issues and who's trusted to intervene. They know who is struggling with their mental health and who calms them down. And they know the unofficial way to reach the building super if something's wrong. Honor their history together and demonstrate a commitment to learning. Invest in your relationships and in your collective safety. Two, rewrite your internal script about the police. White people, most of us have been taught, however, subconsciously that the police keep us safe. And the thing is, they usually do. This is what the author says. But that often comes at the expense of people of color. We are called to rewrite our story about the police 
so that we define safety as including not only ourselves, but also our whole community. This can be painful and deep work, especially for those of us with other marginalized identities, white women, white queer people, etc. Our cultural autopilot reinforces the idea that standing in true solidarity with people of color puts us at risk in the same way, socially, psychologically, economically, or physically. As it arises, notice the instinct, however subtle, to prioritize your safety at the expense of another. From which old pattern does this originate? It is, is it an autopilot belief that it's not your job to protect people of color? Is it a fear of getting close to people who are different from yourself? Is it the pain of past experiences where your needs and boundaries were violated? Say to yourself as often as you need, in service of a safer world for myself and others, I am willing to see this differently. I invite a new perspective. If you're interested in soon-to-be-released guided meditations and other resources on releasing attachments to institutionalized racism and nurturing truly supportive connections with non-white people, they have a link to sign up. And let's see, healing the world starts with healing ourselves. Many of us still need support in releasing our dependence on old power structures and welcoming a new way of relating and living. Three. Start where you can, build from there. Reducing our dependence on police intervention can be a gradual process. We call the police in many different situations, everything from noise disturbances to domestic violence to burglaries to assaults. For some of these, like noise complaints and some interpersonal conflicts, we likely already have the resources we need to respond in a different way. For others, like burglaries, serious domestic violence, or other kinds of violence, we need to engage in a longer process of developing alternatives. Start where you can, and we'll all work together to get where we need to go. And finally, read this call to action from Taj James, and they have a link there, uh, and reflect on what you would need to do to transition into a new way of keeping yourself and your community safe. And it says, white friends and family, I think we are all better off without the police. I think we might be safer, happier, healthier if there were no police. In addition to fewer black people being killed by those police, our life would be much better. I'm starting to think we are better off without them. And this, this, is a, um, this goes on. Having no police is, and this is all quotes, having no police is better than what we have now. I would agree with that. That will reflect on the willingness and courage needed to make a fundamental transition from an old system to a new one. And then they have a lot of links to a lot of articles and lists of alternatives. Uh, one is a New Year's resolution, don't call the police, from Truth Out. Another is alternatives to policing from Justice in Policing. Another is alternatives to police from the Rose City Cop Watch. Another alternatives to the police from McGill Daily. Next is Audrey Lord Project's Safer Party Toolkit, How to Run a Safe Party That Doesn't Need Police Presence to Maintain Safety. And they have that in Spanish as well. And some of the content there is NYC specific, and that's there's a zine version. Next, from Truth Out, Big Dreams and Bold Steps Towards a Police-Free Future. Next, from The Atlantic, Calling Someone Other Than the Cops. Next is WeChargeGenocide.org, has a link, Chain Reaction, Alternatives to Policing. The next is Creative Interventions Toolkit, an incredible organization created by Black and Asian feminists that interviewed people about what they did to intervene in partner abuse and sexual assault without the state. This is one of the best, this is one of the things they created, a huge guidebook with tons of concrete examples, stories, and tools for how folks have done this work. Next, Critical Resistance Abolitionist Toolkit. Then there's also Imagine Alternatives, Finding Ways Not to Call the Police from Caroline Loomis. 
an open letter, a resource list, and some great exercises for stretching your imagination to consider why you call the police and how you might make different choices and build alternatives in the future. Next is Insight's Stop Law Enforcement Toolkit, and Insight also has Community Accountability Best Practices. Next, uh, I remember this article. It was great. Uh, Policing is a dirty job, and nobody's got to do it in Six Ideas for a Cop-Free World. That was in Rolling Stone. Next, Stop Violence Every Day, another project of critical interventions. Lots of stories of folks intervening in partner abuse and sexual assault. Next, 10 Lessons for Creating Safety Without Police, a reflection on 10 years in the SOS Collective. You can see there's a lot of materials here. Next, The Revolution Starts at Home, a book co-authored by Leah Lakshmi um, Pipes... uh, Samarison, and I apologize uh, for mispronunciation, uh, Ching In Chen and Jay Dulani about abuse inside activist communities and how folks have dealt with it without the cops. And that was out of print and now it's back in print. Uh, Transformative Justice Resource List from the USPrisonCulture.com. Next is Vicky Law, Resisting Gender Violence Without Cops or Prisons. And the last one they list is what to do when someone is having a mental health crisis on the street. And that's uh, San Francisco Bay Area specific. And then they also have a list of alternatives to policing projects and organizations, including Audrey Lord Projects Safe Outside the System, which seeks to empower community members to be proactive in preventing anti-LGBTQ violence, intervene when violent situations arise, and build stronger relationships between LGBTQ people of color, our allies, and the community as a whole. Next is BYP 100, Case Study in Community Accountability. Next is Cahoots from Eugene, Oregon. Crisis Assistance, Helping Out on the Streets, which provides mobile crisis intervention within the city limits of Eugene. Dispatched through the Eugene Police Fire Ambulance Communication Center. Each team consists of a medic, either a nurse or an EMT and crisis worker who has at least several years experience in the mental health field. Cahoots provides immediate stabilization in case of urgent medical need or psychological crisis assessment information, referral advocacy, and in some cases, transportation to the next step in treatment. Many, but not all of our clients are homeless. Next is Cure Violence, which stops the spread of violence in communities by using the methods and strategies associated with disease control, detecting and interrupting conflicts, identifying and treating the highest risk individuals, and changing social norms, resulting in reductions in violence of 40 to 70%. Note, this program is now state-sponsored, which some people feel undermines its efficacy and sustainability. Next is New York City's Mental Health First Aid Trainings. There's also People's Community Medics, an organization created by Black women in East Oakland that is a community-controlled alternative and or addition to calling 911 for emergency medical care. They created it after the ambulances were just not showing up or cops were showing up first. There also is Philly Stands Up, an organization that works with folks who have committed sexual assault or partner abuse who want to take accountability. This is their document where they talk about how they work with perpetrators. There's also a Richmond, California case study. And then the next part of this we have is apps for coordinating community crisis response. So Buoy, which is a mobile and desktop app, a community-based crisis response system, developers chat room for troubleshooting setup user-to-user support forum. Uh, if you need additional help figuring out how to set up Buoy on your site, uh, may, may, may be able to help out. And that's HTTP, HTTPS colon forward slash forward slash may, may dot net. And again, that's Buoy, B-U-O-Y. And then 
They have uh, resources on racism and the police, which is uh, Corrine Werder on the history of the police, a curriculum for white Americans to educate themselves on race and racism. And the author also says if you have, you want to add resources or share a community case study, you can email the author at hello at aaronxrose.com. And I'll also just um, throw out um, and mention um, uh, Poor Magazine, which does incredible work. They offer the free school, and they also do really incredible trainings on really creating a world without police. So again, you can check out Poor Magazine or Pobre, P-O-B-R-E, uh, magazine as well, and they're based here in the Bay Area, and they do a lot of really incredible work as well. So, whew, that was a mouthful, and I think it just goes to show that there are so many, and these are just only some of the resources that are out there. So these are just some that are out there. So there really are so many folks who really are working on creating the kind of world we want to live in that is free from police. So there's lots of alternatives. So please do check check out some of these resources. If there's any particular region that you live in and or know folks who are in this region, check out some of the specific geographical ones and or any other particular interests that uh, you find speak to you. By all means, check out these resources. Let's think about it. I'm, I'm throwing myself in that category as well. What else can we do to deprogram ourselves, to find alternatives and to create alternatives so the next generations don't have to grow up in this kind of world. Okay. I think it's time for a music break. Uh, this is Gregory Porter with 1960 what? Nineteen sixty who? Nineteen sixty what? Nineteen sixty who? Nineteen. Hey, the Motor City's burning. That ain't right. Nineteen sixty what? Nineteen sixty who? Nineteen sixty what? Nineteen sixty who? Nineteen. Hey, the Motor City is burning, y'all. That ain't right. Standing on the balcony of the Lorraine Motel Shots rang out Yes, it was a gun He was the only one to fall down, y'all That ain't right Then his 
people scream Ain't no need for sunlight Ain't no need for moonlight Ain't no need for street light Cause it's burning real bright Some folks say we gon' fight Cause this here thing just ain't right 1960 what? 1960 who? 1960 what? 1960 who? 19... Hey, the Motor City is burning, y'all. Ooh, Motor City is burning, y'all. Great God Almighty, the Motor City is burning. With three pieces of black licorice in his hand, y'all. Mr. Policeman thought it was a gun, thought it was the one. Shot him down, y'all. That ain't right. Then his mama screamed, ain't no need for sunlight. Ain't no need for moonlight. Ain't no need for street lights. It's burning real bright. Some folks say we gon' fight. Cause this here thing just ain't right. 1960 what? 1960 who? 1960 what? 19. Hey, the Motor City's burning. Welcome back to the Weekly Review. That was Gregory Porter with 1960 What. Coming up, a couple of events that folks can attend. And this one is happening tomorrow uh, morning and afternoon, so right before uh, the Red Shade, so folks can do both. And this is happening at City College, the Mission Center campus. And this is uh, really, it looks like a really incredible event that is hosted by Legal Services for Prisoners with Children, as well as No New SF Jail Coalition, Critical Resistance Oakland, QAV, and as mentioned before, uh, the incredible organization TGIJP, which is the Transgender Intersex Justice Project, TGIJP. And this is uh, Joining Forces Against Policing and Jails in San Francisco. So this is happening tomorrow, April 7th, Saturday, April 7th, from 10 a.m. to 3 p.m. at the Mission Center City College of San Francisco, which is at 1125 Valencia. Why am I talking so fast? There's plenty of time. Whew. Tomorrow, 10 a.m. I had coffee this morning. That's probably it. That cup and a half really gets me, gets me going. Caffeine seems to be the only drug. I'm doing these days, and it's having me talk real fast. Okay. 
tomorrow at 10 a.m. Joining forces against policing and jails in San Francisco. Again, at Mission Center City College in San Francisco, 1125 Valencia Street. Whew. Okay. The summit will bring together organizational partners and community activists working to stop the violence of the prison industrial complex in San Francisco. Summit presenters and participants will discuss interrelated topics such as jail construction, gang injunctions, justice for community members murdered by police, tasers, bail reform, increased policing on our streets, and more. Interactive workshops, trainings, and panel discussions will allow for participants to share information and strategize between campaigns. Our goal is to strengthen connections between our organizations and efforts in order to better address the interlocking impacts of imprisonment, policing, surveillance, courts, and prosecution in San Francisco. Join us. Before the summit, Saturday, April 7th, is the two-year anniversary of the killing of Luis Gongora by SFPD. We will start the day, as always, on the 7th with a special ceremony at 10 a.m. at the altar at Shotwell and 19th. At its conclusion, we will walk to City College to join the summit against policing and jails in San Francisco. Please join us. More details soon about how we will honor Luis that day and during the month. And you can check out more information at justiceforluis.org. And that's uh, justice with the number four, Luis, L-U-I-S dot O-R-G. Lunch will be provided and donations are accepted. As far as accessibility goes, the venue is wheelchair accessible, child care and language interpretation provided upon request, and they ask that please contact us regarding this and other accessibility needs, and the email address is nosfjail at curbprisonspending.org. Again, that's nosfjail at curbprisonspending.org. The phone number is 510-444-0484. And you can also check out their blog, which is at HTTPS. Do we really need to still say this? I don't know. I do. I'm not a tech person. Uh, no new jails. No new, excuse me. No new sfjail.wordpress.com. Again, no new sfjail.wordpress.com. And they also have the description in Spanish. I'm taking Spanish classes right now. I don't feel confident enough to read uh, in Spanish. However, there's also, they also have all the, the information here in Spanish on the webpage, and I will also share this right now so folks can check out the invite on our Facebook page, which is facebook.com forward slash weekly rev. Do, do you all remember a time before the internet? I do. I'm one of that part of that generation where we remember time before the internet, and I feel like had it been born a few years later, I would have been born with a screen in front of my face. Well, maybe not born with it, but just had grown up with it. And I feel there definitely was enough of that with with television, certainly. But I am grateful to have known a time before the internet. Back with card catalogs. And when internet became a thing, it was dial-up. And we waited. I sound like such an old person right now. Anyway, that's not a bad thing. It's It's just a memory. All right, moving along. And I'm glad when there are situations like this with event invites, when folks can share information like this to so many people. I think that's a positive thing. And I really like to try to focus on the positive things that technology has brought us and ways that humans are using technology in a way to help one another. There are a lot of ways that that's happening. And I think oftentimes for myself, I think about the, the negative ways folks use technology. And I want to remember the, the good things that technology does. 
or the positive ways people use technology, I should say, because technology is just a thing. It's really how humans use it. And hopefully there'll be more folks using it to connect and to help one another and to share information. Another event that's happening in the future is on Sunday, April 15th from 11 a.m. to 3 p.m. And that is the Art Build for Kayla's Birthday that is hosted by the Justice for Kayla Moore organization. And we've talked a bit about the Kayla Moore case here on the show. Kayla Moore is a woman who was murdered by the Berkeley Police Department in 2013. And the family has taken it to court and the courts are being the courts and not being just at all. And folks are really still rallying and wanting to do all they can to commemorate the life of Kayla Moore. And folks can participate on Sunday, April 15th by going to the Grassroots House, which is at 2022 Blake Street in Berkeley. And the details are, please join us for an art build at the Grassroots House at 2022 Blake Street in celebration of Kayla. The art build on 415 will be in preparation for Kayla's birthday celebration at Provo Park on April 17th. There will be materials to make posters and other decorations, but feel free to bring your own materials to add your own flair. This year marks the five-year anniversary of Kayla's death. We are going to decorate Provo Park in honor of her birthday. So again, that's happening on April 15th, and that's hosted by the Justice for Kayla Moore organization. And you can find them on Facebook and find more information and updates from them as well. Okay. It's 128. We'll be wrapping up the show in like 15 minutes or so. Coming up next is Global Val with Women's Magazine, followed by the Common Thread Collective. And there's comedy here tonight at the station. And there's lots of great things happening here at the station all days of the week. And again, if folks are interested in having a show here, please do check out mutinyradio.fm. There are some open slots available. Um, it requires yet some training, uh, pay monthly dues, and then you have a show all of your own. There's also spots available for rentals. If you want to do a show here, especially on Saturday nights and weekend nights, there are spaces here. There's been a lot of great shows here. So if you're in a band or if you do spoken word or anything at all, um, feel free to contact us at mutinyradio.fm and book a space. It's great. It's very reasonable rates. You get a live recording. You have it's recorded afterwards too. So it's not only is it broadcast, but then you'll have this MP3, a high-quality MP3 afterwards of your show. You get to have people in here. It's a really awesome experience, and it's great that this space still exists here in the Bay Area. So calling out folks. And that's another great thing, too, is that you can do a show here, and folks around the world can listen in, which is pretty incredible. And just think, you know, decades ago, that wasn't, that wasn't an option. So that's something positive about technology. I might end the show feeling positive after all. I just will have to not, I'll have to avoid reading more news stories, I guess. That's how we'll get there, maybe. Um, so just a, ugh, ugh, okay. I just jinxed myself because I'm like, oh, this story is pretty rough. So we all know that media is pretty biased, big media, we should say. I mean, I'm biased in my own way, certainly, and I'm okay with that. However, I admit it. And also, uh, I'm not really sponsored by any big corporations or any small corporations, really. Um, so Sinclair is one the corporation that kind of owns a lot of the media. And I'm going to play a YouTube clip that has them uh, just shows they have a script that they're supposed to share. And this came out, this was published on March 31st, and it really just shows how much of a lack of... Um, 
diversity is maybe one word. I don't know if that's the correct word to really use in this situation, but just how so much of mass media is really scripted and it's actually funded by the right. So it's really much like, here's our propaganda, here's our brainwashing. And this was a, a clip that was compiled called uh, Sinclair's Script for Stations. And it's actually pretty scary when you think about it. However, if we're able to at least provide our own media for the time being, that's one way we we're one way around it. So here, here we go. Hi, I'm Fox San Antonio's Jessica Headley. And I'm Ryan Wolf. Our, our greatest, greatest responsibility, responsibility is to, to serve, serve our Treasure Valley communities. The El Paso Las Cruces communities. Eastern Iowa communities. Mid-Michigan communities. We are extremely proud of the quality, balanced journalism that CBS 4 News produces. But we are plaguing our country. The sharing of biased and false news has become all too common on social media. More alarming, some media outlets publish these same fake stories without checking facts first. The sharing of biased and false, false news has become all too common on social media. More alarming, some media outlets this is extremely dangerous to our democracy. 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 There you have it. My question is, what democracy? If we're only hearing one side of things and a pre-scripted version of things, uh, it doesn't sound like much of a democracy at all. So again, this is a Sinclair Broadcasting, which owns, they own a lot of the broadcasting. So of course, I feel most folks who listen to the show uh, recognize uh, the bias that we hear in mainstream media. And that was one, one inspiration to do this show was to at least provide a, a platform that is not sponsored by the state. Okay, and hopefully also just provide a a voice for folks to share the information that's pertinent to them. And also just to question authority, question the hell out of authority. I won't even get into, ugh, I'm still just, ugh, ugh. I'm sure ICE is still doing fucking terrible things and I can't even, I wish I had some more words of wisdom or empowering things to say aside from fuck them and wanting to stay stick on a kind of positive note but then also just shame on folks who are following orders that harm people shame putting that out there in the universe i guess the best case scenario and i have a lot of scenarios in my mind a lot of them i don't speak about aloud because i'm sure that will involve me getting into some kind of trouble um and also wanting to think about the long term i have a lot of short-term solutions because I'm very angry and I want people to be taken care of and I have revenge fantasies certainly and then I also think in the long term the best is for people to put down their guns and first of all those people would be law enforcement <laughs> they're the ones I'm I'm worried about mostly oh there's a positive news story I gotta find it it's about cops uh 
you know, trying to put the pressure on cops to not shoot people. So this might take some time for me to find. So perhaps I'll put on some music. In in the meantime, <sighs> and here is a, a song I heard recently that I hadn't really heard before. And I think this can be kind of extended to <sighs> lots of folks out there who are causing harm and are just kind of following the Cheeto and and all this nonsense. Here's to the state of Mississippi For underneath her borders the devil draws no line If you drag her muddy rivers, nameless bodies you will find Oh, the fat trees of the forest have hit a thousand crimes The calendar is lying when it reads the present time Oh, here's to the land you've torn out the heart of Mississippi, find yourself another country to be part of And here's to the people of Mississippi Who say the folks up north They just don't understand And they tremble in the shadows At the thunder of the clan Oh, the sweating of their souls Can't wash the blood from off their hands For they smile and shrug their shoulders At the murder of a man Oh, You've torn out the heart of Mississippi Find yourself another country to be part of And here's to the schools of Mississippi Where they're teaching all the children that they don't have to care All the rudiments of hatred are present everywhere And every single classroom is a factory of despair And there's nobody learning such a foreign word as fair Oh, here's to the land you've torn out the heart of Mississippi, find yourself another country to be part of And here's to the cops of Mississippi They're chewing their tobacco as they lock the prison door And their bellies bounce inside them when they knock you to the floor No, they don't like taking prisoners in their private little wars And behind their broken badges there are murderers and more To the judges of Mississippi Who wear the robe of honor As they crawl into the court And they're guarding all the bastions Of their phony legal fort Who justice is a stranger When the prisoners report When the black man stands accused The trial is always short Oh, here's to the land 
and they have a uh, clip here, so let's play this. Oh, and this is actually my mistake here. This is a 33-minute clip, so unfortunately we're not going to have time to hear it. However, if you'd like to hear uh, the full clip, if you check out the article um, we've shared it on the Weekly Review webpage, and it's also on Huffington Post, I will continue reading this. Uh, we should no longer be the target practice of a shoot-first-ask-questions-later police force, Assemblyman Christopher Holden, Democrat, said before listing the names of several other unarmed black victims of police shootings. The legislation is aimed at tackling the reality as seen in studies that police kill unarmed black men at disproportionate rates compared to unarmed white men. Supporters of the bill hope raising the standard for when lethal force is permitted will encourage officers to make de-escalation their first line of defense. The current standard comes from an over 100-year-old law that too often justifies deadly force incidents, McCarty said. In the weeks since Clark's death, McCarty's district has been stormed by protesters furious about the emerging details surrounding the shooting. Upward of 300 demonstrators gathered in Sacramento last Friday after an autopsy revealed the young father was shot at least seven times in the back in his own backyard. It's clear that the current law protects the police, not the people, ACLU legislative advocate Lizzie Buchan said at Tuesday's announcement as activists recounted similar shooting incidents involving police. Weber is confident the state can pave the way on this issue. If California can't do it, she asked, who can? That is a great question. Who can? Okay, I think that's about it. We're going to end on that note. Also, one more headline uh, from the New York Times. Student protesters, excuse me, student protesters take over Howard University administration building, and this came out on March 30th. And it was written by uh, Maya Salam and Emily Baumgartner. And you can check that out at NewYorkTimes.com. I'll read the first paragraph here. Hundreds of Howard University students occupied the main administration building for a second day on Friday, crippling operations amid a protest fueled by revelations about the misappropriation of financial aid money. So you can find that full article again. Uh, I believe we've shared that on the Facebook webpage as well as the New York Times. Check that out there. If you want to follow us on Facebook, you can do so. Go to facebook.com forward slash weekly rev. If you also like the show and want to help support it and are able to financially, it'd be a great help. Um, our Patreon is at patreon.com forward slash weekly rev. Anywhere from like a dollar a month upward, it's greatly appreciated. Thank you to all the folks who donate. Thank you to all the folks who listen. Thank you to the folks who share the podcast. Thanks to everyone here at Mutiny Radio. Big thank you to Adrian Price for calling in about the Red Shades and for everyone involved in that production. It's really incredible. I highly recommend folks check this out. It is happening tomorrow, Saturday. Doors at 3.30 and the show's at 4.30 at El Rio here in San Francisco. And again, it's $10 and no one turned away for lack of funds. Uh, so glad it exists. Really, really grateful. Okay, that's that's about it for me. I'm gonna leave with a uh, leave you all with a cover version of the song we opened up with to help provide some hope and optimism out there. <sighs> and just much gratitude for everyone for existing in this world. And it's not easy. So thanks to everyone out there for being there, and for all you listeners out there. Coming up next at two p.m. is. Women's Magazine with Global Val, followed by the Common Thread Collective. There's comedy here at the station tonight at Mutiny Radio, and there's a lot of great shows here, so please do listen to 
many shows here at mutinyradio.fm. Thank you so much for listening. And here's a cover version. I don't know if I've heard this very recently. Uh, here we go. And this is, uh, this is uh, Me First and the Gimme Gimmies uh, with their version of The Times They Are Changing. of swimming through a sea of podcasts? Are ye on a raft without a patter? Well, gather around me, sea dogs, and get aboard me pirate ship as we set sail for the seas of mutinyradio.fm. From there, you can captain your own pirate ship as you sail through over 44 different shows for all of your listening pleasures. They've got live comedy to small business advice, LGBTQ-friendly to sports, vinyl to gutter punk. Mutinyradio.fm has the best programming the Internet Ocean has to offer you. I bet my peg leg on it, or I ain't scurvy shit-face McRat. <laughs> Hey everybody, listen to the Weekly Review with Roman every Friday from noon to 2 p.m. This is an unapologetically anti-capitalist program. We interview community organizers, activists, and artists. We talk about ways you can take action right now. So listen in to the Weekly Review every Friday from noon to 2 p.m. Subliminal essay.
Jeff brings you visual and auditory mind control. For the best graphic design, physical merchandise, and live music promotion, go to www.subliminalsf.com and check out their hilarious t-shirts and super cool bands at clubs and bars all over the Bay Area. Subliminal SF creates amazing flyers, posters, and design for every need. So go now to www.subliminalsf.com and experience what this wonderful local business has to offer. Good evening there, my friends here at MutinyRadio.fm. Chester Cashcock here, and giving you my love and regard as well as movies over there. And uh, I just wanted to let you guys know that any time I go swimming in my vault of rare coins and piles and piles of filthy cash, I can't help but listen to Pamtastic's Comedy Clubhouse every Friday from 8 to 10 p.m. I mean, if anyone who knows anything about comedy knows that Pamtastic's books the best of San Francisco and Beyond's Underground Comics. It's a great showcase, and they have a fun time at Pamtastic's Deep in the Mission District, where you can laugh off your tushy for me fun. Every Friday to 10 p.m. And I laugh because five dollars, I mean, that's what I use to wipe my tushy with. So to laugh it off for a mere five dollars is indubitious. But if you can't make it to Mutiny Radio, well, don't even worry. Don't fret at all. You can simply download the podcast post-show and giggle in the comfort of anywhere. Like your Aspen summer home on the mountain ridge with the kayak feeling. So then all you got to do is just go to podcastics.pcrcollective.org slash comedy clubhouse. Or you can listen live every Friday from 8 to 10 p.m. as your host Pam Benjamin brings you the best comedy from San Francisco and beyond the universe. And what's better than the universe? It's a cash cock, honey. (laughs) Well, hello, boys and girls. You know what a password is. That's a secret word that soldiers would use to get past the sentry and up to the front. Well, here's a password that gets you up to the front in all the right places. It's cannabis energy. It seems the faster you go, the more cannabis energy you need. So if you want to win, you have to have lots of cannabis energy. And the swellest way I know to get it is just by using Green Army Skincare. Boy, they're just crammed full of cannabis energy. They're more cannabis energy units in one lip balm tube than you use circling the base ten times or when you ride your bike four miles across the city. And it's fast-acting. Why, no sooner that you apply some balm to your mouth or pain areas, you practically feel the new strength in your muscles. And what's more, Green Army Skincare is a good, wholesome product. They're made with body-nourishing cannabis and other natural ingredients. So go out there today and pick up some Green Army Skincare products from your local cannabis procurement center. Join thegreenarmy.com. Hey, ladies and gentlemen, we'd like to invite you down to Bender's Bar and Grill in the heart of the Mission District in San Francisco at 806 South Van Ness. Uh, we've got great food by our kitchen counter offer, burgers, tater tots, tachos, corn dogs, all sorts of good stuff like that. They're open from opening until 11 p.m. most days of the week, except Saturday. 
uh, every Saturday night we've got live rock and roll some of the best local bands in San Francisco and touring acts as well come on down 10 p.m. rock and roll only night of the week we have a five dollar cover charge always five bucks for live rock and roll we're open from 4 p.m. until 2 a.m. Monday through Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, 2 to 2. Come on down, have some drinks with us. We've got Whiskey Wednesday, Tequila Tuesday, and we've always got the Steve McQueen special. Shot a bullet bourbon and a can of California lager for 8 bucks. Come down and enjoy our patio. It's open in the afternoon, not really in the evening, but a lot of good folks hanging out back there. Come on down, give us a shout. Drop by the bar, make some friends. Thanks, folks. Bender's Bar and Grill in the heart of the Mission District, San Francisco, California. With a happy hour every Monday through Friday until 7 p.m. Don't miss it. Go to Bender's Bar. Big supporter of the Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival 2018. Oh, yeah. It goes down. Come smoke with your boy. Grinder. Spark is San Francisco's premier cannabis dispensary with a focus on serving and educating patients for seven years. Spark is dedicated to creating the best in-store experience with its extensive menu, friendly staff, and one of the few cannabis vape lounges in San Francisco. Spark welcomes you to visit its two great locations as a medical patient or for recreational adult use in 2018. Spark is located at 1256 Mission Street between 8th and 9th and at 473 Haight Street at Fillmore. Both locations are open until 10 p.m. every night. Spark staff looks forward to serving you. Rainbow Grocery, a worker-owned and operated food cooperative located at 1745 Folsom Street in the Mission District of San Francisco. Let's hear what locals have to say about Rainbow Grocery. Their bulk section is dope AF. I love their their variety of cheese and home decor items uh, and this of unique items that you can't find anywhere else. Their cheese section is insane. I love Rainbow Grocery because it's the number one grocery store to shop at when you're having a potluck and need to fulfill everyone's dietary needs. They don't have meat. Rainbow Grocery Cooperative, an amazing San Francisco staple since 1975. For all your space chicken sci-fi comedy non-political humor needs, go to timstesseract.com. Read fiction about the future of San Francisco after the water wars of 2121 in Jane 6. Ask a Jedi for important life hacks. Eat flesh with the bare exoskeleton Contessa. And check your horror horoscope on Horoscopia. Updated every three parsecs. Timstesseract.com. Timstesseract.com. So 
you want to be a comic? It's not as easy as we make it look. But that's because Mutiny Radio has eight hours a week of open mic stage time for all your comedy workout needs. Strain those improv muscles every Sunday from four to six at Getting Sketchy with David Stolowitz. Press out those new jokes every Monday, 6 to 8, on Joke Workshop with four-minute sets and four-minute critiques from everyone. Get positive by host Pam Benjamin. Pump those dick jokes every Thursday, 7 to 9, with True Hustle Thursdays. Hashtag THC. That's hashtag THC. You want more open mics? Fridays, 6 to 8. Happy hour with guest host and George D. Smith. Pew, pew, pew. Four open mics every week at Mutiny Radio, brother.